Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, John Mikulski and Brian Bruger. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, episode 31, Digital Citizenship for February 7th, 2012. Uh, I am your host, John Mikulski, and joining me as usual is Brian Bruger. Brian, say hi. Howdy, I didn't know we could count to 31 though. Count to 31, we're getting close. I know I had to borrow a couple <laughs> extra sets of fingers and toes from somebody. but uh, And also joining us, who is also uh, a stellar mathematician, is Mr. Mark Cockrell. Mark, how you doing? Greetings, everyone. I am doing wonderfully. Thank you. Good, good. Well, before we get started, I have to declare, make a declaration that uh, unequivocally, unequivocally, I have to admit that I am now finally um, undisputed coolest teacher ever. And most modest, too. <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, and the reason for this, I, I got to go back a couple episodes, actually, because everything starts to get interrelated in my life, and slowly things that we talk about on the podcast are starting to bleed into real life and vice versa. Uh, so a couple couple episodes ago, we had Joe Brzezason. If you remember Joe, he was the founder of Sprigio.com, and he also talked about doing this website called The Heroes Project, where basically he was finding um, either different schools or groups of kids or individuals who... Um, uh, do something uh, positive in terms of promoting tolerance or anti-bullying and that kind of thing. And um, he actually featured some of my students in a, an anti-bullying video that they made. So that was kind of cool. And then after the fact, this was a few weeks after we did that show with him, he uh, contacted me and said, you know, the site is now live. And he wanted to have some of my students stay on basically as guest bloggers and uh, continue to write about things that they see and positive messages they find and that kind of thing. So right away, I kind of grabbed a couple of the kids and we started pushing that. And uh, they've written about a few things and they're, they're getting pushed out to that site now. Well, I got a Google alert the other day that someone had posted their original anti-bullying video on a blog. So I took a look at it. And the name of the, the blog, the person who wrote the blog was a, a woman named Caitlin Monty, and I never heard the name. So I, I did a quick Google search, and it turns out that Caitlin Monty is actually Miss New York 2011. And she's also the third runner-up for the Miss America pageant for 2012. So this, like, supermodel <laughs> is promoting my <laughs> students. And I thought that's pretty cool because, you know, like, you know, the, those I've never watched one of those. Mark, you're a big fan, right? <laughs> oh, well said. Just, just making sure all of you are paying attention. So anyways, I, I haven't watched them a whole lot, but... My understanding is that they each have to have, in addition to a talent in the swim, swim, swimsuit competition and then that part where they're asking them a question and they're supposed to be really articulate, they also have to have like a cause, like some kind of societal thing that they back. And this Other Caitlin than Monty, uh, Right, well, exactly. Um, <laughs> but she has this project that she's created called Project Empower, and it has to do with anti-bullying and that kind of thing. So that's why she actually published or posted a link to my students' YouTube video. So right away, I kind of started hunting around, and I actually found the email for her press agent or manager or whatever it is that that kind of you funnel through to get to this Caitlin Monty. So uh, I'm kind of working out the details now, but I actually have uh, plans to have some of my students interview the third place Miss America. And that is why I'm the coolest teacher ever. I mean, some, some 15 year old boy is going to be like, yeah, I talked to her. I that one there and the red swimsuit that was mine you know so I am I am the coolest teacher ever and it's got it's for a good cause and through all this I'm secretly making the kids write and they don't even realize that part yet very nice now who's more excited the boys or the girls in the class well I had to be really careful who I pick because I mean I have eighth graders now so so you know they're, they're starting to the, the hormones are starting to rage and we're starting to get the little relationships building up and I had to be real careful not to pick one of the boys that has like the temperamental girlfriend because then she'll get jealous <laughs> and she'll be a ass. And I don't want to break up anybody. So uh, I've had to be very careful about picking kids who are mature enough that they can handle it, but I'm not going to um, devastate their little 14 year old lives. Well, absolutely. These kids, those relationships are going to last forever, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> now, now, speaking of relationships and breaking up and jealous girlfriends, is your wife okay with this? Uh, yeah, have you ever watched those Miss America pageants? Uh, <laughs> the, no, the reason his wife is okay with it is because she knows he has no chance. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So Mary, uh, Mary Alice, our, our guest actually is, is waiting in the wings here as well. And it looks like you have something you want to contribute. Mary Alice, how, what do you think about my, uh, my I, declaration? I'm thinking you're too cool for school. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, until the kids realize, I mean, the bottom line is they actually, they have to write something and they're not getting a grade for it. And they're not even going to get to see this woman face to face. It's probably going to be a phone call. So I think after the fact, they're going to go, hmm, that, that wasn't that cool at all. <laughs> we got suckered again by McCall. I was just robbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This just turned out to be another darn essay assignment. <laughs> I, I'm he tricked so us. Good. Absolutely. I, I told the guys a couple episodes back my favorite Christmas gift was a, a Facebook like stamp, and I use it now in all their essays. And they, like, compete over who's going to get the like stamp. And it took them, like, two or three assignments before they realized, wait a minute, this is still work. <laughs> that stamp doesn't mean anything. That's so. awesome. Well, Brian, do you have anything you want to uh, include before we, we move right on? After that, I don't I don't know what there is to say. <laughs> I can say that um, Miss South Florida Fair is actually my neighbor right next door, but I haven't connected her to any students. Uh, <laughs> and she's done anything with, like, bullying. I can have my kids write about her, but. <laughs> and I, I'm actually really, really impressed. We made it through this whole intro, and no one has mentioned Miss uh, was a South Carolina from a few years ago. <laughs> the, the the brain trust the people that who wanted to buy the uh, buy the people maps. <laughs> why can't? Yeah, it was the question was something about why can't uh, American kids find or locate America on the map? Well, we don't have enough maps. <laughs> <laughs> And Rand McNally was going, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they want to use her on a commercial now. Oh, <laughs> uh, classic. Uh, well, why don't we uh, get right into it? I guess I've already informally uh, introduced our guest to, for today. But uh, we have with us today Mary Alice Curran, who is an assistant professor in the School of Education at St. Joseph College in West Hartford, Connecticut. Mary Alice, thanks for uh, listening to me gloat for a little bit. Hey, it's I was a fan. It was fantastic. And, you know, if this is what you guys do on a regular basis, you guys have a ball. We really try to make it sound like it's planned, but usually it's not. It's just whatever comes <laughs> off the top of our head. Most times, I live to regret it afterward. But <laughs> well, I guess I got a chance to gloat. Why don't you do the same now? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, I. You know, I think the first thing everybody's going to know is I'm a middle school teacher. Like, I happen to be teaching in higher ed. I happen to be teaching teachers now. But, like, in my heart, I'm a middle school teacher. And uh, I couldn't be prouder of that fact. And so uh, I moved to the state of Connecticut because um, I got married. I fell in love, got married. And the state of Connecticut won't take my Massachusetts teaching license. Oh, no. So I'm not <laughs> highly qualified, actually, to teach in the state of Connecticut, but I can teach teachers. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. My yeah. wife is a pre-K teacher, teaches four-year-olds, and she requires more skills and expertise and certifications than any college professor in the country. <laughs> right. So that's, that is for a whole nother, like discussion about uh, that's for a whole nother time. But right. I ended up here in higher ed and then realized that exponentially I was affecting more students because I'm working with teachers, but my audience has expanded. So it's not just middle school teachers that I'm working with. I'm working from kindergarten to, you know, high school. And uh, I've become really passionate about digital citizenship and um, I've created a course and um I've we've been changing teacher preparation by trying to include more social media and the flat classroom approach. But really, um, when I think about the changes that I've made, if I were in a middle school classroom, I would have made these changes anyways. I just happen to my audience has switched that I'm working with teachers. And, um, you know, when you look across the country, every school says we're a safe haven in their mission statement. But how many kids go to school and don't feel safe? And, um, you know, usually you go to school and social media is banned. You get to the school or to the classroom and you can't use your social media. So um, we're not engaging kids in the conversation of what does it mean to be socially responsible. And but what we don't realize is that even though they can't use it in school, they're using it. So I kind of find it like my civic responsibility um, that we need to engage and model and teach what it means to be, I'm calling it an I-citizen. So like, just like the iPod or the, 
iPad with the small I and the capital C? What does it mean to be an iCitizen in the 21st century? We can even drop the word digital. You know, I just had that very similar conversation yesterday with some of my students. I'm in a district that blocks pretty much everything. And they were asking why, and we were going through a little bit. And actually got into a fairly intelligent conversation with a bunch of 13-year-olds about things like uh, what SOPA was, but then it, it digressed down to what the internet protection that SIPA was and, and why we block and, and how that's tied to even E-rate. We talked about E-rate and funding. But my they said, well, we should have everything open. And I said, let's be honest. How many of you right now, if I asked you to go check your Facebook, you could do it? And they all raised their hand because they all have some wireless device in their pocket right now that can do that. So the Perfect. idea of blocking social media is almost irrelevant now. I mean, we're really trying really hard to do something that we can't control in the classroom anyway. So we may as well not only embrace it, but figure out how to actually use it. I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I even I, I'm teaching an um, undergraduate course this semester and we just started about just your digital footprint. Now, these are they're yeah, sophomores, juniors and seniors in this particular course. And it was like the first time that they've even gone to try to Google image themselves or even just in Google, put their name, their location. And I, I, I'm so surprised that at, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, they haven't had, no one has had this conversation with them before. So um, I, I really feel like if that's th these are pre-service teachers, if somebody hasn't had a conversation with these pre-service young pre-service teachers, what about the teachers that are actually out there teaching? Have they really thought about the choices that they're making um, online and um, what their digital footprint is and how that influences the person that they are? Oh, absolutely. The internet never forgets, and that's yeah. something that people need to need to learn because uh, if you don't learn that early, you're going to learn it the hard way for sure. I, I actually just... had, oh, I, I, said, I had a teacher who um, came to me, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, and said I googled myself, and this is the first time that that had ever happened, and she found a posting that she had made on one of her blogs. Like, you know, from the beginning of the school year. And she said, why is it that, why is that there? I said, well, you know, you wrote that and it's, and it's now out there. And she goes, but I didn't want it to be seen anymore. And <laughs> so then we had to, you know, back way up and talk about how, you know, when you blog or when you post something on the web, it's like painting yourself a permanent billboard that never comes down. And, yeah. and it was difficult to grasp that concept and why I, as the tech guy, just couldn't make it go away. Well, and, and, you know, I just said to these undergraduates last week, if you really don't want somebody to know something, whether it's something that you wrote or a picture or a video, don't put it on the Internet, regardless of what you think is password protected or what have you. And... Go buy one of those little diaries that had the key in the lock and you used to, you know, <laughs> leave it under your bed. I mean, if you really have that need to have a secret, a secret, that's, you don't do it on the internet. And that just brings me back to about adolescence. I mean, and being a middle school teacher, like, it is your job practically as a young adolescent to make mistakes. Like, you know, young adolescents <laughs> ask the same three questions all day long. Who am I? How do I fit in? And, you know, how do others view me? And all day long, they recycle those three questions and they try on different personas and they recycle those questions. But now it's all documented online and it's permanent. So, I'm so glad it, this wasn't the case when I was an adolescent because, <laughs> I mean, developmentally, nothing really has changed um, in how adolescents develop in the, in the moral development as well and uh, ethical decisions. And, but now it's a permanent piece of their digital footprint. I'm and, so glad the 14-year-old me is not online anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, that's that that to me is like one of the and I, what I tried to do when I first started was how do we catch up to students that are using social media? And um, and what I quickly realized was they might be more advanced in, you know, the types of platforms that they use, but they're not advanced when it comes to digital citizenship. And so my whole premise in teaching this these courses, both graduate and undergraduate, is 
we need, no matter what grade you teach, and no matter what your content is, it is our responsibility to model and engage what it means to be socially responsible, you know, every day, every year, every year. Well, this is my favorite question to ask people when I talk about digital citizenship. And you just alluded to it a little bit by saying that it's everybody's responsibility. How do you address that a teacher who says, my curriculum is filled and I have this high stakes test at the end of the year and I have to get ready for that and those numbers count and especially now because they're going to merit pay, I need to make sure they're ready for that test. I don't have time to teach them how to be safe online. How, how do you answer that question? Well, I, I, I have to tell you, honestly, I first would say, well, let's start blogging. Are you blogging with your students? Because to me, once you start to blog and depending on which platform you use, if you have that um, where you could check that the teacher has to moderate the comment before it's published, um, here's a perfect opportunity. You still have to worry about that test or those, you've got to get your curriculum in. How about let's try blogging? And when, okay, John, I'm going to use you as the example. Um, you have written a comment back to one of your peers. It might not be, might be a little shady, could be misconstructed. I call you up before I hit publish. I say, John, can you read this statement that, you, that you've sent in that you want me to publish? And I want to hear you say it out loud. So you read it out loud and, you, and I'll say, now, how do you think um, somebody could interpret that comment? And then, oh, you know, maybe the light bulb comes on, maybe it doesn't. But here's the perfect <laughs> opportunity as the teacher to say, well, this is the reason why I am not going to publish this post because, you know, when you just have the written word and you don't have facial expressions and you don't have somebody's tone of their voice, things can be, you know, misunderstood. And I'm going to give you the, John, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you didn't mean that that comment to be mean-spirited or unkind or cruel. So how about we recraft that and how could we still say what we want to say, but in a positive way. Right there, right then, you are modeling for your students and you're engaging in the conversation what it means to be socially responsible. And I haven't put you behind the eight ball with trying to get your curriculum in. Yeah, absolutely. You can integrate something like blogs into pretty much uh, any curriculum, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, that's just, that would be my first, my first response is there's an easy way for that. I There's an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can just tell you're so passionate about this, and that that's nice to see because lots of times people say digital citizenship, and they're like, "Oh, it means like protecting kids and you know blocking them from everything." And I can see that you're looking at it at a much more optimistic, progressive uh, angle rather than that. I, absolutely, I would I would actually say that um, I I wouldn't want to block anybody. Um, I I'd like to have because once you block. What am I, what am I teaching you about blocking? If I engage you in this conversation about why it's important about the place, the, the sites that you choose to go to, the videos that you want to go see, if I engage you in that conversation and you're making better choices, by the time that you are an adult, I'm hoping that, um, all the work that we've put in, all the conversations we've had are going to, you're going to have a deeper understanding of what it means to be an I citizen in the 21st century. It's a good thing you said that because I was going to try to rope in all of the, the teachers that are, that are listening in and are still kind of questioning, you know, what is the term digital citizenship mean or online safety or online footprint? So what are those things? And then what is a good argument or maybe two as to why our teachers should care about them? Okay, well, I, I think I've alluded to it before. I would drop the word digital. I mean, yes, there's a lot of things that we're doing online, but it's just important to like what we're doing face-to-face. -face. So mm -hmm. uh, how, I, how I choose to conduct myself face-to-face -face, as well as what I choose to do online, they should be one in the same. So I really see, if I were to define digital citizenship, it, it, it really is looking, to me, it's, it's your, how you choose to behave um, how to be socially responsible in the 21st century, whether it's face-to-face -face or online, I would say is the simplest definition to me about digital citizenship. And when you look at that, what does it mean to be a citizen? Like we just did this great project. John was able to jump in on the um, chat, the digital citizenship chat. Um, 
my freshmen collaborated with juniors in high school and we did this collaborative project about what it means to be a citizen nationally globally and digitally and you know what are the lines and what are the how can we have the overlaps and that's where really i i would say that that project really took it to citizenship to i citizenship because yeah, it's I, the 21st century we're going to talk a little bit about the, the hashtag and what you did online. But yeah, I just have to interject with that. It was really interesting to see because unlike the regular hashtag chats that teachers engage in on Twitter, this one was really, really pushed, the, the co-moderated by students, right? Is that the one you're talking about, Mary it was, Alice? Yes. And, and that was so cool to see. And it was just a whole different angle to communication on Twitter and also doing things like hashtag chats and, and, that involvement with the students that was so cool to see that was awesome we're going to talk about that in a minute but okay you beat me you beat me to it <laughs> as the resident open source advocate advocate can i uh, suggest the name gnu slash citizenship gnu <laughs> <laughs> well i was just gonna i i had a little pencil chat moment when we were talking about this digital citizenship and i was like <laughs> you know we've never actually considered or talked much about analog citizenship now have we well, we do. We just call it citizenship. We call it character <laughs> counts, right? Uh, is that what your school does? That's what ours is. It's called yeah, character so counts. Yeah, so why specify? I, I think that's great. It's citizenship, and oh, by the way, we live in a digital age, so right. let's apply it there, too. Well, that lowercase i makes everything 100 times cooler immediately, so I'm all about the i, <laughs> the I citizenship. Absolutely. And now, and now we can charge more for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go on, Mary. I, Mary Alice, we uh, we interrupted you. Were, uh, why why should teachers care about these things then? Well, I, I they have to care about this because this is this is the world we live in, and I know that even you know in higher ed, um, as well as some of the teacher candidates, I think they think of social media as a fad, and um, you know here today, gone tomorrow, but. Uh, this is this is a different I didn't grow up in this digital world I just happen to be on the bus right now and so I, I really consider myself I'm not technically savvy but I have an attitude that I'm not afraid um, and I, I love to admit that I don't know like I don't know I need you to help me so like that digital citizen chat with the students to have students involved in this conversation and that we're modeling it's a two-way street so I don't have all the knowledge and you don't have, you know, and we need each other to, to figure our way in this digital world. And, um, so as teachers, even though, cause there is, there's fear, um, it's the unknown and that's okay. Like, I'm always like, you got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable when I talk to my teacher candidates or even the candidates that I have that are just, they're here and they're already teachers and they're here for their masters. Um, how can you, the more student-centered we can get our curriculum, as well as this conversation, actually that's where change is all going to happen. So involve your students, take the lead from them, and um, it's going to, I mean, really, I, what happened with um, the Rutgers student, I guess that was um, not this fall, but the past fall, really struck home to me. So you all know about the, the Rutgers student that jumped off the George Washington um bridge kid committed suicide you know we've we've had go ahead retell it because we've, we've had okay. actually a couple incidences like that well the same idea around here so they all kind of okay well that was um the rutgers student he was a freshman and his roommate had put a webcam in their room and had recorded uh, a moment and that's right that, i remember this yep. that particular situation i don't know the boy from rutgers i don't know his family but all of a sudden, I, it was like an aha moment. That boy could be my son. He could be my brother. He could be my nephew. He could be my next door neighbor. My, I mean, the list, my grandson. I mean, the list could go on and on. But no matter what, he's a human being. And if we engage students in this conversation about how we treat people, whether it's face-to-face -face or online, what in the world? I mean, it's like, basically, we've got to teach empathy. And and perspective and to understand I mean I've seen some horrible things even my first year seminar they found this YouTube out there about a boy and they set the boy on fire and um, all these people are around and they've got their cameras and they're they're taking video of it and so what we discussed was okay maybe 
if you're in that crowd and you're a bystander, you're afraid. That might happen if I try to stop this, they could set me on fire. So I'm not going to say anything. But I have a mobile phone and I'm going to take video so I can catch the people who are responsible. I could understand that, using that video for that. But whoever took that video decided to then put it into a YouTube for somebody else's pleasure, for somebody else to laugh about. I mean, and when you have students engage in this conversation and see real life stories, I don't see anything funny about why somebody would set somebody on fire or why somebody would take a webcam and catch a intimate moment or whatever it might be, bullying, cyberbullying, whatever the event might be. And if you talk to kids about this, and then they say, you're, if, I, I, if I'm not, well, ultimately, if you engage in this conversation, the best is when a student says to you, I have realized the things that I've put on my Facebook page or the things that I've laughed about on other people's Facebook page, I realize that somebody's embarrassing moment is like somebody's humiliating moment. And if I'm not part of the solution, I'm part of the problem. So I've been telling my friends, they need to take down that video that they have posted. They need to, you know, make other choices. It's, it comes back to it's your civic responsibility. Really. Oh, That's why and, you just need to do it. And I just going back to the intro, uh, Mary Alice, you just inadvertently plugged my students' um, website and anti-bullying video because their whole message is, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. There you go. That's we really are, it. That's what it comes down to. We are the solution.net. There you go. I love there's, it. There's my plug. <laughs> All right. Well, let me uh, just tie this in a little bit while we're talking again about the beginning of, of the episode. You mentioned a little bit about how your um, the people that you interact with have changed a little bit. And more recently, it's almost gone global because you have been doing this stuff online with the hashtag chat. So I want to bounce back up to that for a minute and talk a little bit about about what that is and how that started and, and what you do. So go towards that that kind of conversation. Okay, well, I've got a colleague, Tracy Mercier, and if you see her on Twitter, she's the pig in the red galoshes. She's, uh, <laughs> that's her, that's her avatar. And, um, <laughs> and I don't think she can ever change that avatar because people love the pig in the red galoshes. And, uh, the two of us really work very well together. And we, uh, it's like the energy level and we feed off of each other. And this is, We've started our own consulting company called Gone Virtual, Teachers Gone Virtual, and we are passionate about digital citizenship. I actually have gone into her third grade classroom for a tech camp and to see the to see how she models and teaches her kids about digital citizenship. So I go to the tech camp and actually her third graders say, how do you spell your name? as they are already Google imaging me. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm choking. I have no idea what's going to come up. I have no idea. But good thing I'm not 20 years old or a new teacher because I had, that was the first time I had even thought about that. What did, what is out there for me? But mm -hmm. um, I, she really, she, she walks the walk and talks the talk. And so the two of us, I'm now in higher ed. She's in the third grade classroom. We really, we're like fireworks when together. We decided we've got to start this. It's a, it, this is a critical conversation. Let's start this chat on Twitter. So, um, through Cybrarian Man, Jerry on um, yep. Twitter, we Skyped with them. How do we get this hashtag in this chat up and running? And that's really how it all began because we're passionate. We want to, the more students and teachers, administrators, policymakers, parents, concerned citizens, the more we engage in this conversation, the better. And again, I just love that you add students to that equation. And there's so many teachers out there that, that myself included, never would have thought to include them at something like that. Because at least for me, again, because my district does seem to block a lot of stuff, especially social media. School is my school life. And Twitter is something different. I mean, they're still connected in terms of what I talk about and who I talk with. But Twitter doesn't happen in school. And outside you know school doesn't happen at home through twitter and you've kind of married those two things and then after i saw that i was like oh well that makes total sense and I, actually i think you and i have gone back and forth a few times about maybe getting some of my students on to co-moderate and even that idea is so so great do you have students every and time it's, it's, it's empowering and then the students are taking ownership and they are leading the charge and um it's just it's powerful it's just powerful now, what would that hashtag be for those who want to uh, to find so, it and follow it? It's um, hashtag D-I-G-C-I-T. 
Dig Sit. And that's what, every Wednesday? When do you do that? Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Okay, yeah, and, and that's a new one. Like, you just started that fairly recently. We did. Just because we we're a, a, a pan-global show here, 7 p.m. what time zone? Oh, Eastern. Okay. Eastern Standard Time. The better of the time zones, Mark. Well, that's what you Yankees <laughs> all think. You, you, you think <laughs> that you're special. <laughs> I hope you mean like Yankees because we're from the East Coast, not Yankees like the baseball Like the baseball? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me going. No. Yeah, Mark is also a resident uh, sports guy. That's why he has the Dallas uh, Cowboys logo behind him. Ah. All my exes live in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just the producer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So moving on, uh, before we say anything else, damning on Mark's behalf. Um, so in addition, I mean, you just have all these things that you're involved in. Um so here's another one. Tell me about the, the Dialogue 21, because that's something a little bit different than uh, the, the DigSit uh, hashtag. But w okay. what is the Dialogue 21? And there's also a website for that one, too. There is. Um, okay. I'm really excited. So I've, uh, I'm, I'm on uh, the, the best part, and this is for the teachers out there. If you haven't been involved in an ed camp experience, it is like life-altering. It's trans I've transformed as a learner and as a teacher educator. So I'm trying to take that model and change higher education. So in the way that we prepare teachers. So um, like last semester, I was able to get a virtual mentor through Twitter for my graduate students. So they had to actually go and do observations in a classroom, a local classroom, but then they were able to connect with a virtual mentor. It's just, it, it's unbelievable um, how much has changed since I have really embraced. And like I have said to our ID department, I need a camera um, in every room that I teach because I'm going to Skype some classroom every single class. And that has changed things for teach for teacher preparation. So, we decided to um, take that EdCamp model, and um, we were trying to think, how do we come up with a, have you seen the New England one-to-one -one summit? Mm -hmm. I, okay, on Twitter. So I'm thinking the summit, the president goes to the summit. That's huge. What a great name for a professional development for teachers, the New England one-to-one -one summit. So we came up with Dialogue 21 because ultimately we want to gather teachers and the dialogue part is to you know to talk to engage to model to reflect about 21st century skills and learning so the dialogue 21 is supposed to be symbolic of embracing this ed camp professional development day on our campus for alum to get our alum to come back to our campus for our current students both undergraduate and graduate and anybody local or who would like to come from a distance to join us for this day so that i think I don't know how many colleges or teacher preparation programs are actually doing this. I'm just excited that we're doing it. And that, I don't know, I get to be a part of it and witness it. And when I saw Ed, the first ed camp I went to was ed camp Boston. I said, this is how it's supposed to be. Teachers leading the way. Really, this is incredible. So I'm hoping to have that same experience right here on our campus. And really, I'm ready to shake it up in higher ed and teacher preparation programs. So... That's what That's I'm awesome. up to. Yeah. Now, now the I-Citizenship um, Town Hall meeting, um, how could people get involved in that? Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's an event that's coming up on February 9th from 6.30 to 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I don't know if you got to see in October, um, the Field Museum in Chicago had a... Um, anti-bullying town hall event, stand up to bullying event. And I happened to be on Twitter, saw the hashtag, saw that it was live streamed. I was home in my pajamas on my couch and thought, this is incredible. Here I am in Connecticut and I can participate in this, in this discussion. And at the same time, the light bulb went off and I thought, oh, we should be having pockets of this conversation across the whole world, but I'm going to make sure we get it here on our campus. And so we, I, I, we started to put together a panel. And we've got an incredible panel and we're still working all the details out. I'm really hoping it's going to be live streamed, but I can't say at this given moment it's going to be live streamed. But I will, you will all know, you'll be the first to know when I've got a link for the live stream. But right now to participate, um, we've got the hashtag. So it's going to be small i and then sit 
CIT, and then 21. And we stuck with the 21 just because of the dialogue 21. So it's ICIT 21. And then next year, if we have the panel, we don't have to go ICIT, you know, the particular year. So 21 fits because it's the 21st century. So it's hashtag ICIT 21. So you're good for and, the next 80 or so years with that. Yeah, we're good. We're good. And the, the thing that's going to be different from our iCitizenship town hall panel is that we're trying to eliminate the word. I want to erase the word bully and cyberbully because the word is toxic. And um, how do we, Connecticut, we're lucky. Connecticut has tied in their anti-bullying law to positive school climate. So how do we focus on the behavior rather than the individual to really produce change? And so I feel like our event is going to be different than Chicago because I really hope we're not using the word bully or, or cyber bully. And we're really going to be coming up with positive change, positive school climate, um, we've got Joanne Friedberg. I don't know. She is nationally renowned for positive school climate. We've got an assistant superintendent, assistant principal. I've, we've got a behavior interventionist specialist. Um, I've got an undergrad, a graduate student. We've got somebody from the media coming from CPTV. We've got a great range, a diverse range. And then we're Skyping in with Miss Sanders, and that is... John, when you participated in that chat and her students, yep. we're going to Skype into Birmingham, Alabama. And, um, and if you're not following Miss Sanders, by the way, you, that's a must for any teacher listening. It's, uh, she's the Twitter handle and it's Miss Sanders and then it's capital THS. She's incredible, the stuff that she does. So Miss Sanders and her students, um, are going to Skype into on to our panel. That's why I really hope it's going to be live streamed so that you get to see all of this, just not, read tweets about it well and this if that works out hopefully it will be live streamed this episode will be out i think the seventh so people who get it automatically through itunes will have two days to get comfy get the popcorn ready on the couch clear the kids out of the room so that they can uh, enjoy it as I, well I or love it. I'm this is going to be an annual event because i'm i mean re, re, the more people you engage like i just got a phone call today uh from a parent i have a fifth grade son and he's being cyberbullied, and the principal's not doing anything about it and a fifth grade girl has created a facebook account with my son's name and his picture and do i need to rsvp for your event and i think you know people they they, they want to be heard and they want to make a difference and you know they need direction so i think that this is just I hope that more communities decide to hold these town hall events. It's neat. It's almost like a grassroots movement against it. Well, I'd like to be in, uh, connected with a grassroots movement. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I like uh, the, the only thing that's more trendy than adding the I in front of something is adding Occupy. Could you be Occupy bullies? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's got a, that, I mean, that's it's got, got a, a nice ring. ring. I like it. Yeah. So you put all right. that all together and you have I grass occupy bullies and you're you're set. Well, <laughs> the only problem is the hashtag no one will be able to comment because it eats up all 140 yeah, characters. 140 characters gone. <laughs> you throw the word eco in there and you're all set. Yeah, you can get everyone involved. <laughs> Maybe green. You gotta get green in there. You know, you just add all these things together and we actually forget about Twitter. We now have our own political party. We hit all oh, those like fringe yeah. groups. <laughs> we can run for president. I mean, come on, we're We'd be going up against a Newt, a Mitt, and a, a Barack. We just have we have normal. Um, oh, Mary Alice, your name is unique enough. You would be right in there with the mix. Hey, I bet you a lot of people would just check the box because of my name. There you yeah. go. So should we say stop bullying the whales? Is that the new rallying? <laughs> yeah, just, just keep throwing them all in there. The only problem is, you know, other nations they're not going to understand it quite as well, so they're going to wonder why we have a president name. Ma Mar Maria Lice, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't know if you saw, but it was. Uh, I think it might have been two weeks ago or a week ago for our chat, we um, invited, I, I, I really knocked myself out inviting um, our candidates to join um, the, ditch, the digital citizen chat um, because the topic was um, why politicians, elected officials need to participate in our chat. And um, Tracy Mercier, my um, virtual teach is her Twitter handle, the pig with the red galoshes. Mm -hmm. She had put up this post and there was um, from Barack Obama, from Mitt Romney and Ron Paul. And to evaluate these three tweets and is, you know, cyber cruelty, is cyber meanness, is mean spirited, you know, and to have our candidates realize their implication into to this whole topic. But we were uh, 
no politicians joined us that evening. And I thought, uh, if I'm not on a list, I'm on a list now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been flagged. <laughs> I've been flagged. I've been flagged. But I just think it would have been great had, I don't know, one or all of them just joined in or just to say, just to acknowledge the fact that it's important for everybody to <clears throat> be aware of what they're doing online, their words, their actions, and then take oh. responsibility for it. That leads me to a, a question and actually an issue that we dealt with this week in our school, and that is how important and how do we go about expressing the importance to students in terms of not just don't do bad stuff online, but how do we promote positive um, promotion or self-promotion through you know the elementary, middle school um high school years and and get them to to you know actually intentionally put a positive um face of themselves online versus what we often tend to do and that's just say you know posting online is bad let's not do it okay well i'm going to i'm going to just give props back to john and what you're doing with your students and the fact that my college freshman for my first year seminar it was called please to tweet you are you a socially responsible digital citizen we collaborated um, with Beth Sanders and her high school junior high school students um, on this project together and so the more opportunities that we could connect other classrooms other teachers other students to actually come up with a multimedia whether it's a PSA or you know, a statement where they are examining things that whether it's on Facebook or just in the in the media and um, and to take that standpoint, like the the boy in Rutgers to understand that that actually is somebody and you might feel disconnected to to that person because you don't know them. But to uh, to just to make the to make those connections to, as, as much as possible. And that's really goes back to empathy, really. And if we could teach empathy and model empathy we'd be in a different world. Yeah, and that I think that's a good overarching uh, message to end with, is that that's about, I mean, that's pretty much what everything we're talking about it comes down to, right? Absolutely. I mean, that really, in a nutshell, that's it. Well, Mary Ellis, we don't want to keep you too much longer before we let you go. Is there anything else that you want to wrap up with? That was such a good thing to end with, but I feel like I always have to ask that question of our guests. Is there something else I that you want? I just want you guys to know you're the real deal. And the fact that <laughs> you are, you know, modeling right now why it's important to engage students, parents, teachers, administrators into this conversation. I mean, this is where change is going to happen. So I really, the I, I can't thank you enough for providing this opportunity. Well, we certainly covered pretty much everything, ranging from supermodels to bullied whales and uh, the positive <laughs> message of teaching tolerance and citizenship. Yep, everything in between. <laughs> That's perfect. Mary Ellis, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on today. Thank Thanks. you kindly. Once again, that was Mary Alice Curran uh, talking about digital citizenship. And man, it's funny because sometimes we get people on here and you can just really, you can feel uh, how passionate they are about the topic that we're talking about. And she was one of them. I mean, she had an answer for everything and she had, you could tell it was stuff that she's actually practiced and, and she's very, very familiar with. So uh, kind of cool to talk to someone like that. I, I would say that it wasn't practice. It was heartfelt. And it wasn't a response to a question. It was um, an opportunity to, you know, express her feelings versus, um, yes, we do that. It's a good time. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. there, there's energy and, and excitement. And for me, the timing is fantastic because we've actually been dealing with this kind of stuff um, in our school. Um, even had a teacher... One of our teachers, um, whose whose child goes to our school, was talking about um, how her daughter likes to write books, and she's in um, she's in the seventh grade and actually writes these really good, um, almost novels um, for a seventh grader, and 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 does a great job. And I said, you know, she should start promoting herself online. You know, make parts of the book available for free. Post some things and just get her a positive, um, you know, face out on the Internet versus, you know, 
you should avoid things and not tell people who you are and everything. And so we've been dealing with this just this, you know, this past week or so. And, and, you know, so good timing and good work out of you, John. I know you planned that for me. Yeah, I did. Well, you can anytime. Yeah. Now what we should be planning is whenever you need to do some kind of like staff development or anything with the teachers at your school, we just plan to have a show about it like a week before. And then all you have to do is say, here, listen to this. I'll be in my <laughs> office. Just here, put this on. Exactly. Just check in whenever you're done. <laughs> right. Well, I guess continuing on then, planning uh, Brian's week for next week and his next staff development, uh, we'll move right into the tips of the week. <laughs> awesome. Like um, that? I had a, that's right. I, I had a couple of them this week, and I wasn't sure which one to go with. So um, I actually decided to go with, with the Wolfram Alpha Education Portal. And I don't know if, um, you know, in light of the major I announcements from Apple, and things like that. I'm sure some people were kind of, you know, lost in, or maybe some people focused on this because where they were avoiding the Apple announcements. But um, it's found at education.wolfram.com, W-O-L-F-R-A-M, um, and it is a education site that I know you guys are all clicking on and going to right now, trying to bring the site to its knees. And um, it's a uh, if you've heard of Wolfram Alpha before. It is, you know, a place where you can go and type in and it'll actually show you how to do mathematical problems and, and all kinds of, of detailed um, answers to questions. But this actually um, is something that's organized by course and you can find textbook and lesson plans and widgets and interactive demonstrations and all kinds of good stuff. Um, it's just another one of those resources for teachers to check out and, um, and to take a look at. I've seen this paired up before with the likes of things like um, Khan Academy, that kind of stuff, like as an online sure. source for that. Yeah. No, sure. excellent, excellent, uh, I guess, curricular, and, curricular uh, tip of the week. Sure. And I don't know necessarily that, um, that, you know, anybody's paying or not paying for certain things. So I figured it was fairly safe. Sure. Well, you're well. You're afraid. I know that you were referencing the last uh, two episodes ago when you had a, a seemingly uh, innocent, seemingly uh, hard, harmless, and innocent, and then it turned into a whole other episode. Yeah, that's right. Well, I have a a, a tip, and this one kind of goes along with uh, actually what I started with, and then also what our conversation today with Mary Alice was about. Uh, it's a good site if you are in the market for helping your students understand things like digital citizenship and digital footprint and what it means to be a good eye citizen. Um, it's a great resource and it's, it's kind of a fun resource too. There's actually some really cool videos and things on it. I guess it's hip. It's the hip site as opposed to all the other sites that try to scare them. Uh, and it's called just that's not cool.com. And it's been around for a while, but it, it covers all kinds of things that I would say like students maybe as young as 10 or 11 up through like 14, 15, 16, uh, it, it touches on things that they might run into problems with, say like harassment through text messages, or um, there's actually a really good video about uh, called pick pressure about uh, the, the pressures that people put on you to send um, pictures of, of, of yourself with, uh, how do you put that nicely, with no clothes on and why you shouldn't do that. So things like that, that they they address at a level that like the, the preteen or the teenager would actually see as cool as opposed to just the big bad man telling you not to do something that you want to do. So that's that's not cool dot com. I can assure you, John, nobody has ever asked my six foot five inch five hundred pound frame to send naked pictures. No, so, uh, it's never happened. There is still that picture of you floating around Twitter, though, with all those gadgets, those electrodes. Uh. <laughs> and I bet right now you're wishing you hadn't. That, that picture's forever. You realize that. You know, I'm an open book. In fact, uh, I, I was going to uh, mention this during the discussion, but uh, it was a little difficult uh, to uh, stop the immovable force there. Uh, but I had a, <laughs> had a situation just this week where uh, something tremendously stupid was done by somebody uh, I work with. And I thought to myself, this this is something I'd love to vent about, but I can't do it because I live such a public life 
Right. Um, you know, I can't I can't blog about it because my boss uh, reads my blog. I can't put it on Twitter because this person that I work with is very likely a Twitter subscriber. I can't mention it on the podcast because that'll get back to me. So I had to just you know shut up about it uh, because it could get me in trouble. So that's that's the sort of other side of digital citizenship. There's the, <laughs> there's the things you, that that you can't do. You know, I would love to just rip this person a new one, but I can't. I have to be civil because it'll come back to haunt me. Hey, what was that thing that Mary Alice was talking about? You put the, it has a lock on it. It's made out of, uh, what's that thing? Oh, that paper. You can get a diary. You can put it underneath <laughs> your, your bed. I think I read about that online once. You read about paper <laughs> online? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess that about does it for this week. Uh, Brian, do you want to tell everyone how to get a hold of us before we sign off? Uh, yes. I heard a rumor that you could use that paper stuff. And you could write um, words on it with um, graphite or other objects. Coal, I suppose, would work. And then you can fold that up, put it in a little envelope, and you can send it to us. But because we don't have a real address, you can scrap that whole idea and just go to elementob.com. I never thought of that. We had, for the first like 28 episodes, we had this laundry list of ways that people could connect with us, and we never had a mailing address. (laughs) That's why we didn't get any mail from anybody. If we had put snail mail on there, we'd be getting postcards. Uh, That's right. Letter letter (laughs) bombs. Uh, Can I just say that today I I go to my my physical mailbox at school. In it, there is a fax of somebody who faxed me to let me know that they had sent me an email. (laughs) (laughs) And one of my friends on Google Plus said that I should uh, fax back an out-of-office reply. Oh, that is awesome. That's great. Fax back. Got it. That's all you should have. Did you take a picture of this fax and post it online? No, I didn't. I threw it it in the trash in disgust. All right. For those people who don't want to fax us information or send us snail mail, um, just take a picture of those items and the machine that you were going to send them on and uh, contact us over at elementop.com slash tightwadteacher. And you can also find us on Twitter, um, elementop slash tightwadteacher. And you can also find us at John Mikulski or at Brueger. And if you would like to fax somebody and you're really you know, looking to be inspired by that, um, just use Twitter instead and contact at Mark Cockrell. You can also reach Brian at his pager number. The <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. Well, that, that about does it. Episode 31. Uh, we are all done. So for now, this is John saying uh, rock on, podcast listeners. <laughs> And this is Brian. That's a wrap. This is Mark Cockrell saying, stay classy, Internet. <laughs> <laughs>